Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Say it with me. The joy of faith. Philippians 1 and 25. It says, And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and the joy of faith. Now, you all said you were believers. Receive, how much do you believe? The only problem we have in the church is we have too many unbelieving believers. How far do you want to go? You can just get born again and make it to heaven. But I'm going to challenge you this morning to go further, to do more than that. Because what I want is to live the very best life I can live and do as much as I can do before I get to heaven. You're here for a purpose. You're not just here to take up space. huh? God has a purpose for your life. But you have to yield to it. Pastor Vicky was saying a few minutes ago, he's standing at the door and he's knocking. Now, we, we use that uh, um, for uh, the cult or for uh, salvation. But it has more meaning than that. He'll stand at your door and knock for your healing. Hmm? But you won't be healed unless you let him in. And that door that he's knocking on, it is no handle on the outside. Hmm? He can't get in unless you open the door from the inside. So how far do you want to go? The key to getting there is your attitude while you get there. Hmm? See, we're, we're ambassadors here. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. We are the only Jesus and the only God that this world will ever see. We're his representative. A few of you agree with that. What about the rest of you? Huh? The question is, how good a representative are you? Are you attractive enough to the world for them to come to you and say, how are you doing this? Got really quiet. The joy of faith. Remember the account of the, of the four guys that had a friend and he was paralyzed. He was on a stretcher. And they wanted to get him to Jesus because they knew if they got him to Jesus, he could get healed. You remember that? So if you ever had a friend, these are the kind of guys you want as friends, right? Because they were determined to help their friend get him to Jesus and get him healed. So Jesus is home. Like I said, Anytime he's anywhere, there's a crowd because everybody has a need. Did you know the world is full of needs? Maybe you have a need in your life. Well, you're blessed because you can get your need met. The world is never going to get their need met because they're looking in the wrong places. So they come to the house. There's a crowd there. They can't get in. They could have said, well, sorry, pal, but we can't get in. I, I, I know if we could get to Jesus, you could have been healed, but I guess it's just not your day. Just not God's will for you today. Maybe tomorrow. Hmm? No, they weren't willing to wait. Hmm? They weren't willing to to be turned away. So they start looking for another way in. 
They look around. They look up. It's always a good thing to do to look up. Huh? So they said, well, let, let's go up on the roof. We'll get him in that way. Now think about it. We read the Bible, and sometimes we don't look at the circumstances and put it in context. You got people all around this house, inside the house, and they're looking to get him up on the roof. Well, how are you going to get him up on the roof? Huh? They had to find a ladder or some way to get up on the roof, and then you got to get some ropes or whatever to get him pull him up. You can't take the guy up the ladder or you'll slide off the bed, right? So this is no small thing. They eventually get up on the roof, and now what? He's down there. Well, we'll just knock a hole in the roof. It's not their house. You're talking about boldness. Guys, that finally get up on the roof, and what are they going to do? They're going to knock a hole in the. And this is not a small hole. It's got to be big enough to lower this guy down that's on a stretcher. But when they did, when they got to that point, when they finally lower him down, and can you imagine people standing underneath him, you know, stuff falling on their head? Jesus is standing there preaching, and suddenly, Stuff's falling on his head, and he looks up, and here comes this body floating down. Huh? What did he say? He saw their faith. Hmm? People should be able to see your faith. It's not just something that's in, inside and nobody knows. Huh? No, people can see your faith or the lack thereof. This is what we know. That if we get in faith and we stay in faith, we will be victorious. Hmm? We will overcome the world because the word already told us that is the way that you overcome is by faith. The just shall Live by faith. Let's look at Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope, isn't it wonderful to have a God of hope? Hmm? A God that wants to save us, heal us, provide for us, and see the world the same way. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Believing, in believing. If faith is so important, and it is, because without it we can't please God, then wouldn't it be good to know whether you are in faith or not? I'll ask that again. Wouldn't it be good to know whether you are in faith or not. I'm talking about you personally, not your neighbor, not somebody else, but you. Because this is what this is about. It's checking up on our own faith. It's very easy to determine whether you are in faith or not. There's two primary factors. Joy and peace. If you are in faith about any situation that you may be confronted with, two factors. You should have peace in your heart. Hmm? If you're anxious and fretting and all upset about something, you're not in faith. I don't care what the situation is, you're not in faith. If you're worried about it, if you're worried about it, it means you're not trusting God. Huh? And, see, joy and peace go together. Because you've got peace in your heart, 
you'll have joy. Well, can joy be seen? Sure it can. If you got joy in your heart, your face should show it. Let me tell you, if you get joyful, you'll draw a crowd. Because in today's world, that's very unusual. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that's faith, that you may abound in hope. We know that God's will is his word. So as we go through God's word, it tells us exactly how we should be living. If you will stay in faith, you will overcome. Say it. If I stay in faith, I will overcome. If I stay in faith, I will overcome. And how do you know? Joy and peace. Two indicators. If there's no joy, if you're sad, you're depressed, no faith. If you're upset, you're anxious, no peace, no faith. So it's not difficult to determine where you are in your relationship with God's Word and with Him and your trust level. Because if you're not believing, you're not trusting. I know this is not a jump and run message, but it'll help you. The Word gives you faith. Hmm? We know that. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word. Agreed? See, if you don't respond, I'll think you left. You can, you can do that, you know. You, you ladies know this very well. You know, your husband comes home and you're sharing with him about the day and everything that went on today and he's sitting there and he's saying, uh-huh. He might even have a smile on his face, you know. Eyes are open, but you know he's not home. He, he's somewhere doing something, right? See, we have this imagination. We can go anywhere we want to go anytime we want to go there. But you, you got up this morning... You got all dressed up, drove to church. Stay here, okay? Because I'm believing. See, this is not a spectator sport, huh? You have a part to play in this service. You should have come in here expecting, expecting to hear something, to receive something. It's not me. I'm just the vessel. I mean, we've already seen miracles take place this morning. What greater miracle is there than for someone to be translated out of darkness into the light? So you've already witnessed miracles. Well, I thought you'd be more excited than that. Huh? See, the level of your faith is directly proportional to the level of your excitement. Can excitement be seen? then your faith can be seen. The Word gives you faith. Faith gives you hope. Hmm? Now, hope is not just, well, I'm a hoping and a praying, you know. No, hope is the earnest expectation that something good is going to happen. Hmm? The earnest expectation. You're expecting something. Hope will give you joy. Why? Because you're expecting something good to happen. If you expect something good to happen, you'll have joy. 
It'll change your attitude. It'll change your countenance. It'll change the way you look. I mean, we're all very concerned about the way we look. Huh? And there's all kinds of products out there that people want to sell you so you can look better. And all the ladies said amen. <laughs> well, men want to look better too, so. <laughs> well, you can look better by getting a little joy in your life. Huh? Smile. It will improve your face value. <laughs> Hope, the confident expectation that good is coming. You may not have it right now, but you're going to have it. You're absolutely convinced that it is coming. How many of you heard of the Publishers Clearinghouse? I'm going to win that thing. Huh? So, you've seen the, I guess you have. If not, I'm going to tell you about it. The ad, the commercial thing on TV, where the guy shows up, you know, and there's two people standing out on the lawn with this massive million-dollar check. Huh? And so he goes up and he knocks on the door. The lady comes to the door and he says, hello, I'm from Publishers Clearinghouse and you've just won a million dollars. And the lady just kind of stands there and she says, no, you must be looking for the neighbor. I don't ever win anything. Huh? Is that what she does? <laughs> no, she gets excited. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm a millionaire. I can get the kids out of the house. I can pay the house off. I can buy a new car. I can write a big check to the church. Huh? Does she get excited? Why? She believes she's going to get a million dollars. I have a question for you. How much money does she have? Zero. All she has is a promise. That Publishers Clearinghouse is going to give her a million dollars. She's expecting. She has hope. How many of you know Publishers Clearinghouse could go belly up tomorrow? Hmm? This book is filled with promises. Promises that are being made by an almighty God who cannot fail and does not lie. Well, if she could get excited about a promise from Publishers Clearinghouse, why in the world can we not get excited about God's Word? If we don't get excited about it, nobody else will. A salesman has to believe in his product. Or will not be successful. We're all in sales. Hmm? And we got a product that cannot be compared to anything else. So the word gives you faith. Faith gives you hope. Hope gives you joy. Joy gives you 
strength. Hmm? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Why are you going to need strength? Because you're going to need some strength to get through till the manifestation of what you're believing for appears. Joy gives you strength. And strength gives you the victory. I read the back of the book. We win. Huh? I don't care what any of them say. We win. And you don't have to wait. You can win right now. Because you have a choice. You can decide to win or you can decide to lose. Let me read you something I got here. I don't know if you're in sports or not. doesn't matter. There was a guy named Walter Payton, great running back for the Chicago Bears. You're talking about getting knocked down and getting back up. This guy, during his career, he ran, rushed, for 16,726 yards during his career. And he got knocked down every four and a half yards because he averaged 4.4 yards per run. <laughs> huh? Do you think when he ran up to the line and tried to get through and somebody knocked him down, he said, oh, well... I knew it wouldn't work. No way these guys are going to let me through. I quit. Huh? No. He got up, went back to the huddle, and said, give me the ball again. Huh? He got knocked down 3,801 times. But he got up and ran again every time. I know that's just a sports example, but it's what we do. If you don't quit, you don't lose. Hmm? So we got to get up and run again. With a smile on our face. You know, it's interesting in the New Testament, when the disciples, you know, many of them, they were, of course, the, the, the religious community was trying to stop this outbreak, this heresy. They'd take these guys, they would beat them within an inch of their life and say, don't you go out and preach this message anymore. They'd leave that place with a smile on their face. Imagine this now. You've just been beaten. Anybody been beaten recently? I don't think so. And yet they've got a smile on their face because they counted it as joy to be persecuted for preaching this gospel. That's a little different attitude. But it's one that we should adopt. Faith is the sure foundation for your expectancy. If you're in faith, you're joyful. If you're sad, you're down, you're depressed, you're not expecting, and you're not believing. If you doubt, you do without. Believe and receive. Faith rejoices, is thankful and glad. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Complaining is the language of fear. Remember in the Old Testament, Moses was trying to get the people to the promised land, and they're complaining. Oh, why did you bring us out here in the desert to die? 
you, you, people say, well, this, this uh, name it and claim it, confess it, possess it, you get what you say stuff doesn't work. Oh, it works all right. There's an entire generation of people who died in the wilderness because they kept saying, we're going to die out here. We're going to die out here. We're going to die out here. And God finally said, okay, die out there. Only two survived. Out of about 600,000 men, two survived. Joshua and Caleb. Hmm? So they're complaining, they're complaining. They're not in faith. So what happens? Snakes come. Right? Remember that story? The snakes invade the camp. Now we're talking about millions of people here. Can you imagine the chaos that's ensued? I mean, people are getting bitten. They, you know, the, the donkeys and the camels, they're all spooked because they don't like snakes either. People are running everywhere. Moses put the brass image of a serpent on a pole. Anybody that looks at that pole will be saved. They won't die. They'll live. How much, how difficult do you think in the midst of this chaos it would be for you to focus on that serpent? you would have to intentionally decide I'm going to ignore all this that's going on around me and focus on what will save me. No matter what the chaos is that's going on in your world, no matter what you're surrounded by, you do not have to be moved by it. You can... You can intentionally decide to walk in faith and focus on what's going to save you. All right, I'm going to give you a few examples here of what we're talking. 1 Samuel 1. It's always good to have some Bible examples. Hmm? First book of Samuel, we're talking about Hannah here. It says Elkanah had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. The name of the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah didn't have any children. She was barren. They went up to the synagogue every year to worship. And when time was, time came for Elkanah to, to, be, to make the offering, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters their portions. But Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for, to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. That, I mean, Penina, she's, she's a real piece of work, right? I mean, she's always looking at Hannah and saying, well, Hannah, look at all my children. Hmm? I'm so sorry you don't have any children. And just kept after her all the time. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. So Hannah's crying. She won't eat. And this goes on for decades. Not just a day or two. It just goes on and on. Well, you know she's a real joy to be around. Have you ever been around somebody like that? 
I mean, all they do is complain. All they do is cry. And she won't eat because she's deprived. She's a victim. Of course, Elkanah, you know, he's got to live with it. So he says, Hannah, why are you weeping? Some guys, you, you, we, sometimes we just don't get it. Huh? Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? What was her response? She just cried louder. Verse 10 says, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept sore. Well, she's praying, that's good. But what is she praying? She's just telling the Lord about all her problems. Well, he already knows that. So she goes to the temple where Eli's there. Let's go to verse 15. It says, Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. See, that's her, her identity. Your, your identity is important. It's how you see yourself. She sees herself sorrowful. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Verse 17, then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the, women went, so the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Say, no more sad. No more sad. No more sad. Okay, let me ask you a question. What has changed? Nothing. Is she pregnant? Does she have a baby? Nothing has changed except Hannah. Hannah changed. Not her circumstances. Hannah changed. She got a word from the Lord. She received that word from Eli as God saying, you're going to have a baby. And she received it. And immediately, not nine months later when the child appeared, but immediately her countenance changed and she was no more sad. So what that tells me is I have a choice. Hmm? Hannah had a choice. She could either receive that word and change her countenance and not be sad or just stay the way she was. So the question is, was it bad because she was sad? Or was she sad because it was bad? That was the question. Yeah. Nothing changed except Hannah. And suddenly, it was not bad anymore. Her countenance changed. She was in control of it. Hmm? What about you? You have more control than Hannah ever did. You can change in an instant if you just decide to. And it'll all be different because you see it differently. So she said, all right, 
I'm going to be a mother. Let's eat. Huh? She was ready to eat. She's no more sad. Don't you know Elkanah? He was praising the Lord. Not to hear this crying and complaining and carrying on. Now, you get a word from the Lord, you got to act on it. Doesn't do you any good. You can come to church this morning, we praise, we worship, we have a good time. But you're going back out there. You come in here to get a word to go back out there. She had to act on it. And about nine months later, Samuel. All because she decided not to be sad anymore. Hmm? Joy and peace. Okay, let's look at Acts 16. Y'all didn't leave, did you? Okay. Now, you know this story, too, where <clears throat> Paul's out doing what God called him to do, right? And they take him and they take Silas. They beat them. Put them in prison. Not just in prison, but the lowest part of the prison. Put them in stocks. I mean, you know, a person could lose their joy over that, right? They're just out doing what God called them to do. And yet, here we are in this circumstance, in this situation. They thrust them into the inner prison, verse 24. They made their fate fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Well, look, if you find yourself in the bottom of the prison, in stocks, it's probably a good idea to pray. But they didn't just pray. They made a decision to do something else. Huh? They prayed, and they started singing. Well, if you don't have a little joy in your heart, you're not going to sing. If you can find yourself in the bottom of the prison in stocks and you can still put a smile on your face and say, praise the Lord, that's faith. See, there's no greater faith than you will ever exhibit than when you can look in the face of your circumstance, no matter how difficult it is, and laugh. Hmm? But if you can do that, it won't last long. So they started singing. And they weren't just singing a little song, you know, that just were good for them. No, they were singing loud because all the other prisoners started hearing what they were doing. See, if you act in faith, other people will see it and hear it. And suddenly, I like suddenlies. Hmm? Now, now, how long did it take? Here they are, they're in prison, right? And they, they, they start singing, they start singing, and it didn't take till the day after tomorrow or next week or next year, did it? Suddenly, God showed up. That should be a clue. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. See, here's what I think. They started singing. You know, if you hear a, a good song, what do you do? You start tapping your foot, right? Well, God starts tapping his foot, things start happening. <laughs> yeah, we had, suddenly, we had an earthquake. But that's just, just not any normal earthquake. You've seen on TV how earthquakes happen and everything just falls and people die. No, that, that didn't happen. All the doors came unlocked. Huh? And everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword, about to kill himself. Because he was told, you do not lose these prisoners. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, no, 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 don't hurt yourself, don't hurt yourself. They came in, 
Everybody was there. And what happened? Because of this, because they maintained their joy and their peace in this situation, they acted in faith, and what happened? The jailer said, man, you guys are something else. How can I get saved? It attracted this jailer. It made such an impression on him how these men could make it through these difficult circumstances and in the midst of it sing and praise God that had such an impression on him that he wanted to be part of the... Hmm? How you doing? I don't think any of you have been in the bottom of the jail lately. Hopefully not. Huh? But we've got other things that we have to contend with. Convenience. TV. Smartphone. Hmm? World Wide Web. And our neighbors. Okay, let's look at Acts 27. Here's another account of Paul. Now, God told Paul, he said, now you've got to go to Rome. Okay? And so, they have him, uh, the centurion has him. They're going to go to Rome. Verse 10, he tells them, he says, if we set sail and go on this trip, we're going to have some problems. They didn't heed his warning. They went anyway. And sure enough, they had some problems. Verse 18 says, we, we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. They start throwing stuff over the ship. They got caught in a hurricane. But if, if you ever have seen the weather reports, and you see a hurricane, it's circular, but there's an eye of the hurricane. They got caught in the eye of this hurricane, and they weren't getting out. They were just moving along with the hurricane. Wherever it went, it took them with it. So they were in this thing for weeks. Huh? The wind's blowing, the water's coming in. They're all fearful. They start throwing stuff overboard to try and lighten the ship. Third day, we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared. I mean, think about this. You're in a storm. Wind's blowing. Water's coming in. Dark. For days. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. They were hopeless. If you're hopeless... You're done. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, you should have listened to me. <laughs> he just couldn't help it. I told you so. And now I exhort you in verse 22. What's he saying? Cheer up. He's saying, look, boys, I've got the answer to this thing. We can get out of this, but here's what's got to happen. You've got to cheer up. Can you imagine these guys that he's talking to? They've been in this thing for weeks. They've probably, you know, lost everything that they had ever eaten. They're cold. They're wet, and he's saying, cheer up, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. And he said this, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Hmm? You hear what he's saying here? 
See, I have over 3 million miles on American Airlines. They should pay me to fly on their airplane. Because when I get on that airplane, it's going to get wherever it's going. Hmm? Paul got on that boat. See, a word from God has enough power in it to enable the fulfillment of it. His word was go to Rome. Well, he's going to go to Rome. It didn't say go to Rome unless there's a big storm, you get caught in a hurricane. There weren't any exceptions. And he said, since you're going to go to Rome, you've got to get there. I'm going to bless anybody that you're associated with on the trip. See, wherever you go, the blessing goes with you. Hmm? You're a blessing at your job. You're a blessing in your home. You're a blessing in your neighborhood. People can be saved because of you. Because of your presence. And he tells them again, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Cheer up. It's all good. We're going to make it. What has changed? Nothing. The wind is still blowing. The water's still coming in. The circumstances have not changed. But Paul is saying, cheer up. So now they have a choice. Hmm? Now, Paul has some credibility because he's already told them once, better not take this trip because you're going to have some problems. Well, sure enough, they have problems. So they're listening to him. Verse 30, and as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, see, you have to do what God says to do, the way God says to do it. Some of them were about to get in a lifeboat and take off. And Paul said, no, better not do that. You've got to stay here. The only way you will survive is if you stay here. So they cut the boat off and let it go. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let it fall off. He kept preaching to them. In verse 36, Then were they all of good cheer. They all cheered up. Nothing's changed. But they cheered up. They believed the word that Paul brought to them. And he said, now you guys got to eat. Now, look, look, get the picture. The wind blowing, the water's coming in, the boat's going from side to side. You know, I don't, he's standing up there holding on to a rope or something saying, cheer up. And he said, now we all got to eat something. Because you're about to take a swim. Huh? How do they do this? It's no small thing. See, it takes some effort to do what God asked you to do. It doesn't just happen. They were all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were in the ship 203 score and 16 souls, 276 of them. Verse 44, and the rest, some on board, some on broken pieces of the ship. So it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. They made it. Because they cheered up. They had peace in their heart and expected to survive. 1 Peter 8. <clears throat> 1 Peter 1.8, sorry. Whom having not seen ye love, in other words, Jesus, in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, 
Did you ever think about how Jesus made it through the cross, all the suffering, the agony? We have no comprehension of what he suffered because we've never confronted anything like that. He made it through because he looked past it. Hmm? He saw this day. He saw you. The joy helped him get through that. Well, joy will help you get through your problem. But you have to look past it. My favorite scripture in the Bible, and it came to pass. Hmm? Whatever it is, whatever the situation is, it's going to pass. Now, how long it takes to pass is up to you. You get joy, you get peace, it'll pass sooner. So the Word gives you faith. Faith gives you hope. Hope gives you joy. Joy gives you strength. And strength gives you the victory. Hmm? Say it with me. The Word gives me faith. Faith gives me hope. Hope gives me joy. Joy gives me strength. And strength gives me the victory. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.